On the Record with Furniture Today, a podcast that goes behind the headlines to look at the news and the newsmakers, the people and the personalities that give the furniture industry its unique flavor. I'm your host, Bill McLaughlin, Editor-in-Chief of Furniture Today. Hi, I'm Trisha Yearwood, and you're tuned to Furniture Today's On the Record podcast with Bill McLaughlin. Before we turn to Bill and his guests, I just want to give a shout out to the entire Furniture Today team and remind you that when there's something exciting to announce, you'll read about it first in Furniture Today. And now, here's Bill McLaughlin and On the Record. Welcome to the On the Record podcast. I'm Bill McLaughlin, Editor-in-Chief of Furniture Today, and I'm here with you today to announce a brand new program. This year, Furniture Today will launch for the first time Furniture Today's Best Places to Work. And we're going to cast the net far and wide to find the best furniture stores. And this is a retail program, the best furniture stores in the country. And I have with me today, Peter Burke, president of the Best Companies Group, uh, which is an independent third-party firm that does best places programs all over the country for all kinds of industries. And he's going to talk to us a little bit um, about how the program works, and he will give you some insights on how you can be successful in signing up for the program and how this program can help make your company better. Peter, welcome, and thank you for joining me today. Bill, it's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. So um, I know most people have probably seen in their communities one way or another, you know, best places, best places to work, that kind of thing. But but for folks who, who maybe are not as familiar, just Give us a little rundown of, of what a Best Places program is. Well, Best Places to Work programs um, in our organization started back in 2004 with the mission of, of identifying, recognizing great places to go to work. And um, what we have done over the years is we've, we've created a process whereby uh, we get information about what the great benefits companies are offering uh, to their employees, but more so we... we fold in an employee engagement survey to find out what the employees that work there actually think. Uh, and then we look at that, all that information and we have uh, a bit of a, uh, a standard that has to be met to be considered a great place to work. And then we create a list and we create rankings um, amongst each other. We turn those over to our great publishing partners like you who run with the list. And, and really companies participate in these programs for a couple of reasons. One, and, and early on, it was, I want to enter to find out if I'm good enough to make the list. And that was, that was the primary reason. But back when we started, uh, not a whole lot of companies were actually doing internal surveys to find out what their employees are thinking and feeling and trying to create an engaged workforce. I would suggest that that's probably uh, equally as important now. If you are not doing an employee engagement survey in your organization, you're probably uh, amongst the minority now. Um, because that's sort of become one of the big pillars of how businesses operate now. You know, what's our product and service, quality of our product and service. The, um, uh, we talk about our financials. We talk about um, customer service. Uh, oh, and by the way, what about our employee engagement? I mean, it's right there in the conversation uh, in most organizations um, in, in their operations. Uh, but this sort of combines the two. Yes, we can we can survey your organization and find out if you're one of the best places to work in furniture, which we're thrilled, by the way, um, to be launching this program with you guys. Um, but at the same time, those the companies and the stores that have the opportunity to participate um, will have access to that employee engagement survey that we uh, and that data that we collected from the employees during during the process. So, 
you know, you're right. There are a lot of um, best places to work types of programs now in existence, either at the city level or state level. Um, but this is the only one in the furniture business. And we are very excited to get out there and really dig in and, and have a good look at a lot of these organizations and these stores to find out who, who are the best of the best. Uh, and then, you know, it'll be great content for furniture today. And, and if uh, evidence from all of the other programs we run around the world, um, that'll be a hot issue. People are going to want to know uh, who's on that list and where they rank. And those, and those companies are, are certainly going to enjoy the benefits of being named to a list like that. If they're good enough, um, they're going to they're gonna find that their brand as an employer is getting stronger. They're going to have uh, higher retention levels with their current staff because, hey, oh, wait a minute. I guess the grass isn't greener somewhere else. You know, we're doing pretty well here. Um, and, and that just sort of flows through uh, in terms of the benefit of, of being named to one of these lists, which is really um, can be pretty powerful as an employer for those reasons. So retaining or finding, retaining, training good employees is, is really a big issue for furniture stores, right? I mean, it's really one of those top priority issues. Can you walk me through some of the things that they will learn about their employees and learn about their employee engagement? What kinds of questions do you ask? What, like, if they participate in this, what are they going to learn about their organization? Well, if they participate, one, they're going to find out if they're one of the best in the country. <laughs> that's kind of, that's step one. And, and if they decide they want the, the, the data and the, and the results, um, you know, some of the things that we're asking about in, in the employee surveys, we want to know about trust. Do you trust what your manager tells you? Are you trust what the, the, the store, the organization is telling you? Um, we want to know about how, you know, do you feel safe in your environment? We want to know um, about uh, resources and training that you might have. We do ask about pay and benefits. Um, we ask if you like, you know, going to work most days. And so, there's 77 or so statements that people are replying to on that survey. And, and by the way, all of this information is on the program website, which is at uh, bestplacestoworkfurniture.com. You can see the whole survey, not only the survey of, of the employees that we're going to use, but also we do the employer questionnaire. So if you're an HR person or a store manager and want to enter your location, you can go to that website and, and have a look at what we're going to be asking about. But we really, it's, it's really more about the employee experience um, and the resources they have and the trust they have in leadership and communication and those sorts of things. You know, the relationship with the supervisor is almost as one of the most important relationships you're ever going to have uh, in your work uh, experience. And we ask a bunch of questions about that relationship um, to see what people think and feel about the, the person that they directly report to. Um, so we're, we're, we're really trying to get touch on sort of all aspects of the employee experience when they go to the go to work um, or in some instances when they're working from home. Um, you know, we know that there's a few of those out there as well in this business. So uh, that's what we're asking about. It's about the experience. And we ask several questions that where we're actually trying to measure engagement, not just their opinion about or their satisfaction with certain things, but engagement. You know, um, do they plan to stay with the organization for more than two years? Do they? Um, do they give extra effort to see the, the store succeed? So those are the types of things that we're, we're asking about. And with, with high scores comes high engagement. And that's what, that's what you want from your staff. But if for whatever reason they, they don't make the list, you know, if they want to invest in that feedback report, which is fairly inexpensive, um, you're not only going to see your own team's results, but you're going to be able to compare those to those who did and didn't make the list. 
in aggregate form. So you're looking at your averages and then you're looking at the averages of those who made the list. And you say, wow, I did great in these three sections, but this is the section that we're really behind. We need to focus on that. We need to focus on better communication or trust or whatever those issues might be. So this is a really great way for people to kind of compare their performance to their peer group and really see how they measure apples to apples against other folks who are in the business. Right. And that's probably the biggest difference. So uh, let's say you are a, um, you know, a furniture store in say Nashville, you might be able to participate in the best places to work in Nashville, but you're going up against every other industry. This is, this is unique. Um, This is, you are being compared to other furniture stores. Um, And so you're going to be able to compare your results with those who are in your industry, like you said. And I think that's going to give you a really pointed feel of, and it will account for all the differences that are unique in that particular industry. Now, um, when you sign up, it's not just a matter of, okay, I sign up and then I walk away, right? I mean, there are things that companies do to be successful in trying to get the most out of the program. So if if you were kind of going to all right, let's give some inside insight, right? So the folks who are listening to the podcast, they're going to get knowledge that nobody else is going to get. What are the most successful companies do to get, get on that list? And I, and I don't mean like gaming the system, but I mean like making sure that they get people to participate and those, you know, those kinds of things to really get the most value out of the program and, and to, to give themselves the best chance of doing well. Yeah, so I think there's a few things that I tend to point to Um, When someone says, gosh, you know, how, and it really goes back to how do I improve engagement? How do I, how do I improve the employee experience? How do I improve that emotional connection that, that our associates have with our store and our company? Uh, And the first thing that I say is that you start by measuring. Um, And and if you're not, you should be. And and it doesn't have to be with this program, although it's a great and inexpensive way to do it. Um, and by the way, to participate in the program is free to find out whether you make the list or not. So I want to be super clear about that. Um, however, if you do want the, the insights report that we have that gives you all of your data, you know, that's where you'll have to spend a little bit of money. Um, and when I say a little bit of money, it's anywhere between $700 and $1,000, depending on the size of your store. But it's pretty inexpensive to get what amounts to great information. But I think when we look at what do some of the great places uh, to work have in common. I think the first one is they measure. They want to know what their employees are thinking and feeling, and then they put plans in place to in, in improve that. Um, they create experiences um, for their employees. They don't just, uh, you know, for a long time, it was just like, hey, you've accomplished this. I'm going to give you stuff. And that's great. But I think when you're creating experiences for your staff that are memorable, um, that that differentiates you. And, and what I mean by that is, okay, so um, perhaps, you know, there was a, there was an organization that we were familiar with that every year used to do their big annual Christmas party, right? And their holiday party. And, you know, the spouses would come and you'd go and everybody would get dressed up. You'd have a nice dinner and probably people got a little bit out of control. And so there were probably some stories there, but um, that was it. But this company one year decided, you know what, I want to do something different. So the CEO decided, you know what, I'm going to give everybody a $50 gift card um, to go and help with your food um, for your holiday, whether I think it was for Thanksgiving. Um, so here's some, here's some, here's a gift card to the grocery store. Here's, here's us helping you with your Thanksgiving meal for your family, which was really nice. And then they said, and here's $50 in cash. We want you to go out 
And we want you to um, do something really special with that $50. And we're going to have a potluck kind of Christmas celebration where everybody, you know, everybody's going to bring their little food and we're not going to go to a nice hotel and all that. But we're going to bring all of our food and we're going to go around the room and we're, I want to hear, I want to hear some great stories. That created experiences for everyone. Everybody wow. came back with fantastic stories. Everything from, gosh, you know that person you get behind at the toll booth who can't find their money? Well, I got out of my car and I paid his toll. Um, I was going through a drive through and I said, um, you know, here's, uh, you know, um, $20, you know, whatever the person behind me um, orders, put, you know, here's $20 towards whatever they order. Uh, or, you know, I went down and I bought, you know, a hundred sandwiches for, you know, um, the local homeless shelter, whatever it was, those people felt good. It was an experience and they will remember it. Those are the kinds of things where you're creating experiences that just have a huge impact uh, on, on employee engagement. Um, conversation. Um, you know, I, I think conversation is, is, is highly underrated because we all have so much to do. We don't just we don't necessarily have the time, especially during COVID, to walk up to someone as, as a supervisor, let's say, and say what's and ask them a question that's like completely out of left field. Something like, you know, what's the dumbest thing you're working on right now? And it will stun people. <laughs> and then they'll think about it for a minute and they'll say, well, you know, I'm spending three hours on this report every Monday morning and I just send it along and it just takes me forever. It's a pain in the butt. I think it's dumb. So your job as a supervisor is one of two things. Either say, yeah, no, yeah, that report's dumb. Stop working on it. You don't have to do it anymore. Or here's why that's important. Do you know that senior management looks at that report every Monday afternoon and they make company-wide decisions based upon the, the information you're pulling together for them? That then explains something. And so having those conversations are, are you know, really important. Um, hiring is another, you know, it's, it's, well, this is two parts. It's organizations that are really good at identifying what their core values are as an organization um, and then hiring according to those core values um, tend to be really successful in hiring people who fit in with the team. You know, years ago, it was, all right, to get a job, it's three interviews and every interview is about how well you can do this job. Are you qualified? Do you have the skill set to do it? What's your past track record like? That has changed tremendously. First interview is, can you do the job? And sometimes even if you can't, <laughs> okay, we want to we, we send you on to the next three interviews that are going to be with team members to, to just figure out, are you going to be a good fit in our culture and do your core values align with our core values? Um, so hiring practices have changed quite a bit. Um, companies who are focusing on their brand as an employer, in addition to focusing on their brand as a furniture store, for example, um, is incredibly important. And it's a, it's a huge new focus that we see. Uh, you know, branding has you know, taken on two very separate meanings when it comes to your product and service and your brand as an employer. You know, and how are you managing your brand as an employer? Applying to a list and making a list like this does wonders for your brand as an employer. You get better job candidates. You reduce turnover. Um, and, and, and you're standing in the community, in your industry, you become, you become envious. So those are just a few of the things, again, you know, surveying, measuring, understanding your workforce, focusing on it, having a very deliberate um, strategy about how, how to in, improve that employee engagement, creating experiences instead of just giving stuff, um, and hiring for the right fit. I mean, those are um, some key things that, 
that if you really focus on them and put policies and procedures in place to make sure you're doing them to align with 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 what you want to do uh, are just a few of the things that some of the most successful uh, best places to work types of organizations are doing. I'd like to ask a little bit about um, after people get on the list, because you've done this in other industries, from your experience, what do the companies who take the best advantage of this in their communities do to make sure that it's not just a plaque on the wall for the employees or, you know, it's, it's not just, oh, look, we took, you know, a picture with the group. But, you know, you really leverage this to get some mileage out, right? I mean, it seems like there's a real opportunity to, to own your community. There, there is. And, and it's the great differentiator, you know. Um, when you're a furniture store, um, and, and, and my wife and I just had this experience, you know, we, we, we were looking for something in particular just this past weekend, and we wandered into probably four or five different um, furniture stores in our area. And, you know, several of them were offering similar things. Um, but you could tell um, the people who were in tune with what, what we were, what, what we wanted. You could tell they were happy to be there. You could tell they liked what they do. Other places you walk into and it was just like, yeah, hey, if you need any help, just, you know, I'll be right over here. And they follow you around. And it's just like there's no... Um, there's no sense that they love what they're doing. But, it, but when you get into an organization that has higher employee engagement, they want to see the organization succeed. They love what they do. The, the company has, make, has created an environment where they like to come to work. Um, and so while the product differentiation may not be there, the experience for the customer is very different. Um, and then from those who want, you know, and when it comes time to hire somebody, when someone's coming in for an interview and they see that logo on the front door or they see it on the on uh, you know one of furniture today's best places to work you know then they that that in a person's mind automatically puts them in the mindset of oh people must love working here so to leverage that in recruiting to leverage that even in general advertising um, and marketing to have a little to have a have that logo in you know their promotional materials and their advertising and what they do, uh, whether it's TV or in print or digital or whatever it is, um, and especially you know if if they're a winner and they're in furniture today uh, promoting themselves, um, and to have that logo there, even though that isn't necessarily what they're promoting in, in that particular promotion, it's still a little something extra that if I'm a buyer, if I'm interested in that particular vendor, um, I'm looking at that saying oh. I'd like an organization who who focuses on the employee experience because you know it runs the gamut, um, and in retail especially, it really runs the gamut from being just horrible places to work to people who really focus on it and make it a great place to work. So leveraging leveraging the the award, it 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 is it it does go beyond just kind of saying hey look at this, but I think also internally that, that now that was all external stuff I was talking about internally. Man, those organizations, the, the irony of an award like this is that it, it, it's usually going to companies, uh, it's recognition for companies who understand the value of recognition. Um, so, you know, internally, they do a really good job recognizing jobs well done and also having that communication I was talking about with the employees and transparency. And so, you know, the internal celebrations that go on um, are, are, are plentiful uh, with these winners as well. So, 
Uh, internally, they're leveraging it, and that helps retention. Externally, they're leveraging it for hiring and, and brand, um, employer branding, and even product and service branding, just to see a little logo there. Um, it just adds a little something, and it can be the great differentiator um, between organizations that, um, in a lot of instances, are offering very similar things. Well, that was something, wasn't it? This is Tricia again for Klausner Home Furnishings. From my very first collection, I knew I'd come to the right place, that Klausner understood what I wanted to do with my furniture, how I wanted to share my recipe for comfortable living with the world. Now, let's get back to Bill McLaughlin and see what he and his guests have to share with us. I fly Delta a lot because that's the convenient airline. And if you ever get on a Delta airplane, right by the door, you will always see voted best airline to work, best airline 2019, 2020, yep. whatever. And, yep. and I, I will tell you, right, here's a little psychological thing for me. I, I look at that and I think, yeah, okay, good. I, I am glad to be flying a place that gets that award. I feel do, you feel little, do, you, do you feel safer? <laughs> I, marginally. <laughs> marginally, you know, yeah. You know, yeah. No, if you got a happy pilot, you're probably going to be in better shape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I've well, seen it. Really sounds, uh, have you had in your experience, because it strikes me that this is something you mentioned, companies that are, are already doing all of the right things are very likely to do well in the program. But it strikes me that this is a program that somebody might sign up the first year, find out they're not as good as they thought they were, may not do well. But if they take the report, if they listen to things, have you had companies who maybe didn't get it, get on the list the first time, but took the effort to learn and, and did get themselves on there by improving your organization. Oh yeah. I mean, there were, and the stories are wide and, and, and varied. Um, we've been doing, I'm trying to think uh, what program it was. And I was at it at, at an, at the event, cause I tend to tend to go to the event and, you know, talk uh, to the audience a little bit about the selection process and things. Um, but I had someone walk up to me. She goes, you know, we've been trying to get this for seven years and we finally got there. And I said, well, tell me a little bit about what that was like. And and um, she said, you know, we are a 100% different culture now than we were seven years ago. It was a big turnaround. It's a big company. Um, and, 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 you know, trying to redirect that big ship was really, really difficult. She took, she said it took a lot of um, kind of change in thinking of people who were there, but it also was a very intentional strategy in the, in the people that we hired. And the people we hired were different than the people, um, when I say different, I mean, fr uh, from a core value standpoint, different than the people who were there existing. So you enter that into the mix, into the, you know, those ingredients into the workplace. Um, and then at the same time, you're trying to get the people who have been there for a while to kind of buy into some of the things that they're doing to, 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 to increase that engagement. And it was really, really, really hard. And, but it was super rewarding. Um, and, and I think it was because, and she said, she's, you know, we had this report every year and we, and we didn't try to tackle it all at once. We went to different sections and say, where are we behind, uh, the averages and let's look at it. You know, that might have been, the question, uh, the statement that might be, um, uh, I feel I can express my opinions without retribution or something along those lines was one of the statements, right, at the time. Um, and they got really low marks on that. And why is that? Well, that sort of 
revealed a trust issue. Um, and it's like, well, if people can't tell us what they're really thinking, we're not, we're missing out on all sorts of great ideas. Um, and so, but every year it got a little better and a little better and a little better. And, and what's interesting about the kind of research that we do and these surveys that we do, cause we're, we, we want, that's one of the reasons we're in business. We want to create better places to work as a result of doing these programs. And, and I love it. I mean, I get so pumped up when we, when we, when we get to go to these events and people are like, I've been trying and now I made the list. Um, just as pumped up as I uh, talked to someone who said, you know what, this is our eighth year on the list. Um, and it, it's almost just as hard to stay there because it gets competitive. It gets, you know, people's levels of engagement go up every year and you've got new competitors coming into the list every year and, and can sometimes can get competitive. And, and, to, get, and to be there for, all, for many years is, is, uh, is, is quite an accomplishment as well. But I get super excited when people tell me, hey, um, I realize you didn't just ask seven questions and then created a ranking. You really did a comprehensive employee survey, which takes the employees maybe 10 minutes to complete. Um, and, you, and we took that in for, and if you took that information and you got better and now you're on the list uh, and all the benefits that go along with that, we're just, we're super excited that we can be a part of that. But that absolutely is the case. Um, and I think, again, as I mentioned earlier, people participate, companies participate in our programs for two main reasons. One, if they make the list, it's just, fantastic benefits of that, as we talked about. But if they don't make the list, you know, the opportunity to find out why um, and how do we get on this list in the future and what are our employees really thinking and feeling? You know, I've been told, we haven't actually done the research on this yet. I'm not quite sure how we would do the research on it, but I've read from other very large research organizations that just by conducting an engagement survey increases engagement by like one or two percent. For the sheer fact you want to know what people think as an employee, wait a minute, you're asking me my opinion now? Holy smokes, that's great news. And so I'm going to put a little, I'm going to, I'm going to put some effort into it. I'm going to give you my honest opinion. And then on the back end, um, the, it's up to the employer at that point to do something with the information, um, whatever it might be. The worst thing you could do is, is, is conduct a survey like that and then not do anything with the information. Um, that could actually hurt you because, oh, wait a minute, you asked me my opinion and now you don't you know, we're not doing anything with that information and, and that can sometimes hurt you as well. So um, there's any number of ways that can go, but yeah, we love it when we see people using the reports um, to get better uh, and create uh, better places to work. You do this for a number of different industries. Um, are the characteristics of success relatively universal from in industry to industry? Like, do you find that it doesn't matter whether you're an auto dealer or an insurance company or an accounting firm. If you know how to work with your employees, if you engage your employees, those same techniques, those same strategies, those things will work. Yeah, I would say so. I, I, I think from um, now, I, I, I will say yes and no all at the same time. I will say yes, because there's you know the common thread of trust and transparency and um, hiring for, you know, you know, creating your culture, creating your core values, living by them, uh, and hiring accordingly and promoting within all of those things, diversity, inclusion, those things. But, you know, I think you can, um, just because, to back up, those, those set of core values aren't the same for every organization. And that may sound kind of weird, but they vary. Um, and so you could, you could work for one of the best um, you know, one of the best places to work in furniture on one side of the street, 
and go over to another best places to work in furniture on the other side of the street. And they might have two different sets of core values. And, you know, they're both great places to work. They've hired accordingly. They've got the best teams in place to be successful for what they want to accomplish and do. But it might not be the best fit. It might be two different kinds of culture. And so it might not be the best fit. So just because they're best on a best places to work list, don't assume that they have the same identical cultures. It could be very different, but they've figured out the right way to hire to align with their core values, um, whatever those might be for for the different organizations. And so um, some are under the misinterpretation that um, adding a, you know, 401k match or adding a ping pong table or bringing your dog to work or just doing stuff, you know, that sort of checklist mentality that that will do it. Well, wait a minute. It's a great place to work. We've got, you know, bananas and fruit and, and stuff to drink at lunchtime that we provide. Well, how could it not be a great place to work? Well, those are important. Those are great things to have, but it really is about how the employees feel about working there. Do they want to go to work every day? Do they want to do their work um, in Excel? Do they want to go above and beyond for the company? And why is that? You know, what is the relationship like with their immediate supervisor? Does their supervisor care about what's going on in their personal life? Do they, do they care about what personal challenges do they have? Do they have the resources to excel? Is there room for promotion? All of those kinds of things are common threads in, in, these, in these best places to work. But the cultures that they set can be, can be very different. Now, you've been doing this um, for, you said, 2004? Yeah, 2004, we established Best Companies Group, and we are now um, managing close to 70 best places to work types of programs. Uh, we're, not a, we're not a consulting firm, so there's, we, we avoid that conflict of interest. And our job is to do the surveys, analyze the data, create the list, determine who's good enough to make the list, and present those lists to our, to our publishing partners. But we, we, we operate in a wide variety of areas. We've got a, a lot of demographic um, types of lists, like the best places to work in New York City or Los Angeles or Chicago. Um, we do a lot of statewide lists, like the best places to work in Kentucky or the best employers in, in North Carolina or Maine, Florida, Texas. Um, and then we probably have 15 or so industry lists, um, this being one of them, but we also do the best banks to work for, credit unions, accounting firms, best nonprofits, those kinds of as well. So we survey you know, close to 6,000 organizations over the course of the year. Um, and so we've, we've gotten, uh, we've, I think we've gotten pretty good at being able to identify who's doing, you know, great things and honoring them for it. I, I'm curious. One of the things that I've talked to a number of people in our industry about is bringing the new generation into the workplace, right? Everybody sweats millennials. They, <laughs> you know, they don't want to pay their dues. They don't want to, you know, right? We have all of these, if they put, if, uh, or, a store participates in this program, will they get some insights out of this that might help them to be able to better understand that demographic and how to engage um, that group better? Yeah, so it's a great question. Um, And it all goes back to wanting to know, right? And so, yes, this program is free. You can go through it, employer questionnaire, employee engagement survey, we shuffle it, we determine who's good enough to make the list, we notify you. Um, you know, yes, you made the list. No, you didn't. All of that is free, right? Um, it's when you spend the $800 or so to get your employee feedback report through our BCG Insights portal because it's all online and it's dashboards and it's heat maps and filters and all sorts of great stuff. 
you know, we, we ask a bunch of demographic questions. One of them is, is age. Um, and we break those down into age groups, um, into generations, really, uh, millennials, Gen Xers, baby boomers, and so forth. And so you can look, when you get that report back, you can look, and as long as you have five or more responses from that particular group, um, then we'll, we'll, we'll reveal the data set on that. And the reason why it's five is because we're super serious about protecting the anonymity of those who take the survey. And so if there's only one millennial in an organization and you get your results and you sort by millennials, you know, you can figure out what that one person said. Yeah. Right? And, and you want to avoid exactly that. So, private. Yeah. yeah. So um, but if you've got a fair number of millennials, when you get your report back, um, we break down um, the, the data into various demographic groups. Not only do we give you the overall data, but it's um, different age groupings, uh, different lengths of tenure, different um, job roles and departments within the, the store. Um, and so you can then see, you know, where where the problems and successes uh, really come. And you get a full transcript of the employee comments because there's a couple of open-ended questions at the end of the survey as well. But yes, when you look at the millennials, you're right, the, you know, the millennial group is a challenge. Uh, and, and, you know, people kind of make the mistake, too, of saying, well, I'm going to fix it so I don't ever lose millennials. A little bit unrealistic. You know, when we're asking when we're asking a question that if people agree with a statement that they're going to be with, they feel like they're going to be with this organization for two or more years um, and they answer positively to that, you know, you're jumping up and down. That person's committed. Right. And for for guys like you and me, you know, it's like, well, wait a minute. When I came out of college, I'm like, I'm a lifer. <laughs> I'm yeah. not wherever, wherever I get hired. If I could just hang on to this job for the rest of my life, I'll be OK. Um, and that that changed. Right. The, the number of jobs people had in their career at, at one point was, you know, maybe three, four or so. Now that number is north of 10, 12, 15 different employers they have over the course of a course of a career. And millennials have um, for all of the pros. And, and benefits, you know, from technology, and they they actually really do work hard. I think they have forced employers to think about the work life balance, um, and 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 more so now with the millennial group looking at do does their, do their own personal values align with the values of the organization they work for? That's an incredibly important driver for millennials right now, um, and so employers have to understand that. But doing a survey like this and understanding where they are and where they stand. Um, is is really important. And and again, going back and having those conversations and asking them, whether it's during the interview process or when they're, when they're you know, if they've been with them for a couple of years to kind of say, you know, what's important to you? What do you, what really drives you? Uh, so you don't necessarily need an employee survey to sit down and have that conversation with somebody. But yeah, no, I mean, it's, this information is going to be really important to understand where all those different demographics are and where you might have problems that you, that you need, need to address. Gender is another one, you know, um, and and diversity inclusion, you know, different ethnicities. That's that's super important right now and driving a lot of decisions that are going on within organizations, too. Great. And just so people don't start calling me up to lobby me, this is a completely third party independent. You guys run this thing. I just so people know, I have no ability to influence <laughs> who gets on the list. Right. And, and I think that's an important point, Bill, because I, I you know, the, one of the benefits that a um, couple of benefits that, that we bring to the table is one that we are, you're right, a third party independent workplace research uh, excellence firm. 
And so our job is to survey and find out, you know, who's doing what, determine who's good enough to be considered a great place to work, uh, rank them accordingly, different size categories or whatever it might be, uh, and present those lists back to you, the publishing partner, for you to uh, publish and be proud of the fact that it's like, hey, look, this wasn't just, you know, seven people around a table looking at whether, you know, organizations you know, have three o'clock Fridays or close, you know, these stores close on Sunday or whatever those, you know, benefits might be. This is truly about what the employees think about working there. It's 75% of the evaluation is what the employees are doing. And so we have that ability and that know-how to, to execute those surveys. We look for fraud. We look for people trying to work the system. We have all sorts of things in place so that when we're presenting you with a list to run in your publication, you can be really confident that um, it's a credible list, and that it that it went through um, some some rigorous evaluation on the back end with our team, our research team, to make sure that um, uh, that that the results are uh, accurate. Uh, for example, you know you need to have a certain level of responses uh, for the data set to be credit to be credible. So if you have twenty five or more employees, you need forty percent of your workforce to fill out that survey. If it's less than twenty five employees, you need you know eighty percent to fill out the survey. Um, and if you ask me to explain that from a statistical standpoint, I will plead uh, um, uh, ignorance on that. But we've had, you know, we, we've hired the PhDs and all the statisticians to make sure that our process yields the, high, the, the highest credible results uh, possible. But yeah, being, being separated out is um, one of the real benefits for you as a publisher. So if you do get that call, what you're going to end up saying is you need to talk to Peter. <laughs> Someone, if they didn't make the list or you know didn't like their ranking, talk to Peter, um, and and I will make sure that they have uh, all of that information. Great, thanks for taking the time, Peter. Just one last time before we sign off, where can people go for more information and to register? Well, it's best places to work furniture dot com. The registration deadline is June fourth, um, but you can go there now, poke around take a look at the surveys, take a look at the timeline of everything when everything happens. Um, June 4th is the registration deadline, but then we actually start the survey process after that. So the first thing we'll do after June 4th is send you your link to complete the employer survey. And then after that, you'll upload email addresses and then we will be um, emailing um, individual links to all those employees. If you need to use paper surveys, we have that option available as well. Um, we have uh, program coordinator, uh, Laura uh, Cohen, who is going to be uh, doing the day-to-day doing the -day stuff on this. And she's fantastic and will be able to help you and hold your hand through that whole process. But registration is June 4th, bestplacestoworkfurniture.com. And uh, we are really looking forward to, uh, to, uh, to identifying and really honoring and recognizing some of, the, some of the great places to work that are in the furniture industry. Yeah, we're really excited to, uh, to launch this program. We think it has tremendous value for the industry. And uh, I hope all, all of our retailers who are out there listening and all of those who read Furniture Today sign up. Um, I guarantee it will make you a better company next year than you are this year. Peter, thank you for taking the time. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, Bill. All right. And thank you all. We'll see you next week.